Hi, and welcome to the second episode of Why It Matters, a podcast series from The Straits Times where we take a closer look at one new story every week. My name is Jeremy Aoyong, and this week we will be discussing the potential historic meeting between US President Donald Trump and North Korean Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un that is supposed to take place here in Singapore on June 12th. To talk about this, we have with us uh, ST's foreign editor, Zakir Hussein. Hi, Zakir. Hi. And senior aviation correspondent, Karamjit Kaur. Hi, Karam. Hi, Jeremy. Okay, so um, this is quite a fast-moving story with a lot of moving parts. For you, Zak, yep. is this meeting even going to happen? You know, no one knows. Um, it's hard to say. I, I, I mean, North Korea has issued a threat, you know, to cancel the summit. I'm not sure if it'll follow through on it. I mean, it's threatened to unleash fury on the US. It's clearly not done that. But um, it was on this trajectory, it seemed, of peace. I mean, it swung from calling mm. each other names. We seemed to be on the brink of nuclear war. Yeah. Suddenly, we had months and months of just That's right, yeah. harmony and peace and love between the two. Yeah. And then Donald Trump tweets that they are having this meeting here. And suddenly this week, it's off again. Or maybe off yeah. again. What, is the, what do you see is going on here what is the game what is Kim's game plan I, I don't know I think he my, my own reading is I think he's um, threatened to cancel it um, you know because could be for internal reasons you know that he doesn't want his people to think he's you know all he's turned all peaceful and you know accommodating um, and at the same time on your doorstep you have the US and South Korea you know, your mortal enemies still technically, yeah. um, conducting joint exercises, you know, next door. So are these um, military exercises just a, you know, just a excuse or there's really something, some fundamental disagreement here that was no, not I resolved? Think, no, so I think these exercises are just routine ones and I, and I think, you know, they decided that maybe we'll just carry on with them. Um, and clearly North Pyongyang's reacting to them. So I'm not sure what will happen from there. Um, there's a chance, I mean, I think there's still a good chance that um, both sides will back down and the summit will still go ahead. Okay. There's a lot at stake, and I think um, both for Kim and for Donald Trump. So you're a betting man, uh, this is still going to take place? Uh? If I'm a betting man, I think I'll say the summit's still going ahead. If I may just jump in, I, I agree with Zach. I, I think he, he and North Korea have much to gain, I think, from what I've read, from having the summit here, and I, I, I can't imagine that it will be called off, but... We'll have to wait and see. We may be wrong. We may be right. Who knows? Okay. Since we are, we are taking bets now, <laughs> the other thing that uh, I guess people are asking, and Karim, you actually wrote the first story on mm. this uh, summit yeah. going to take place here, is uh, which hotel? Or even if, if it is even going to be a hotel? Yeah. So look, I think whether or not it happens, doesn't happen, I think all the work, all the planning that presumably has been going on the last uh, week, even maybe before that, that still continues. And, you know, we have said that we're down to two uh, possible locations. Uh, one is the Shangri-La. That seems to be the favorite for, uh, when we speak to most uh, security analysts, at least, because Shangri-La, I mean, they are very used to, uh, you know, holding such high-level conferences. It makes sense. The Shangri-La dialogue itself is going to be happening there from the 1st to the 3rd of June. Uh, the security arrangements would have been made. 
So it makes sense. But is that glamorous enough for Trump? Yeah, so that's the other thing, right? Because, you know, uh, it's a very quiet area. You know, and then you have MBS, which is the other pot, uh, you know, possible venue. And that's, as you said, the glamour, you know, integrated resort, casino. I mean, it seems to be more in Donald Trump's style, if, if I may say so. And of course, on top of that, uh, MBS, we all know, is owned by Las Vegas Sands, mm. which is, you know, the, the owned the CEO and chairman is uh, Sheldon. Um, Adelson, who is a major political donor of Donald Trump. Um, so that might be reason enough for the summit to be held there. And I, I think when you speak to security experts, and I've spoken to some of them, they say it is possible, you know, to uh, cordon off one section of, of MBS, not that like you have to close the whole integrated resort down, you know. Right. So it can be done, can be done fairly safely, securely, but I think for um, security agencies, their preference would still be the Shangri-La, um, there was some talk about uh, Sentosa potentially. I think that's more or less been just. Uh, so Sentosa has gone. Yeah, I think that's more or less been just, uh, struck off the list. Why? As, yeah? as What's wrong with Sentosa? Okay, well, from what I hear, I think the big problem there is there's just one entry and exit. Right. I don't think that's ideal in terms of security. Um, so just based on that, my money is you know just to carry out this betting thing. <laughs> Probably Shangri-La yeah, or MPS. So, so are you betting Shangri-La also? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, you know, I'm just listening to the various considerations. I'm, you know, I wonder if maybe they might just hold it at Pai Lebar Airbase. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> so, mm. but can can the two planes land there? Can Air Force yeah, One land in? Can Pai it land there? Yes, yeah. I. I think I'm almost certain that the last time you know uh, U.S. President came, there was Obama, of course, yep. in 2013. Was it? 2009, sorry. He landed at Payaliba. So the runway is long enough so for the Air Force, Air Force One. For yeah. sure, can yeah. land at Payaliba. I don't think it'll be a problem for Kim's aircraft as well. Whatever he chooses to fly in, I mean, some talk that he might come in his own Soviet made IL 62. I mean, that can easily land at Payaliba, even if he you know, goes and borrows an aircraft from China, which is the other thing that's being talked about. But I'm quite certain that it can easily uh, handle both planes but to have the summit there I, I don't know man because like, but Zah are you betting a pilot by airport as the venue as the venue you know, where are you going to hold all the journeys and all it's, it'll be like a security nightmare yeah, you know I mean Air Force open house is there right yeah but, you have yeah, like, but it's the place you know glamorous enough I always come in that's true I mean, not for Donald yeah. Trump well, you know this got to be a I think the photo is quite important yeah <laughs> given the short notice I'm not sure you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right you're right I mean I mean Maybe the Shangri-La looks like the most I think so. Ideal. I think that's the more practical uh, choice. But, you know, with Donald Trump, I don't know whether practical is all that matters, you know. So, we we'll have to wait and see, I guess. And on this Kim, Kim's transport, mm. so I understand that the choice of Singapore may have, uh, I mean, his his plane may have had a part to play in that. In the, this is about just the furthest he's going to, he's ever travelled, right? Out of his country. Mm. Can his plane make it here? Oh. Yeah, very easily. I mean, this aircraft, uh, IL-62, can easily cover 10,000 kilometres. That's like double the distance between, uh, from Pyongyang to Singapore. It's the same aircraft he flew in when he went to Ta- uh, Talian in China, right? For his meeting. So it's not an issue for his plane to be able to uh, fly here. I think the question is the cargo plane that accompanied him when he went to China. That one has a bit of a range issue, but he may or may not bring that plane in. So if it's just 
his own uh, you know personal aircraft not not a problem at all flying to Singapore even further actually okay and I, I, I have one more question for the two of you mm. and uh, you know this is a uh, quite a historic meeting eyes on the world uh, on this meeting uh, is it a good thing for Singapore to have it here what do we get what does the world get if it goes well and what do we lose if it goes badly what are the risks here yeah, I think, I, I'm not sure how you define goes well. Yeah, I think it's going to yeah. take a long time to play out. Um, you know, so Trump wants complete, verifiable, irreversible nu- denuclearization, which, which is a pipe dream, really. No one's going to give that. Um, something in between would probably be more realistic. Mm. Um, and I think that might be the outcome of Singapore. But I think if the outcome of the Singapore summit, or whatever they call mm. it, yeah. is that it reduces tensions on the Korean Peninsula for a substantial period of time. You know, mm. both sides work on, on some guarantees. You know, North Korean, North Korea's economy, right? Which is really why I think um, Kim's doing all this. Yeah. Um, you know, gets a bit of a rebound. Um, and that's a positive. That's, I think that would be a positive. Um, what if the mm. two guys go there, get into a fight, and... They leave and suddenly the uh, diplomatic uh, path is now ruined for this particular problem. For the North Korean problem, it's clear that diplomacy is not going to work. Is that a risk? I think for me as a layman, I'm just speaking as a layman, I think whichever way it goes, Singapore will always be remembered as the place where they either made up or fought. Either way, Singapore will always be associated with this historic meeting regardless of how it goes, you know. And I think that might be the biggest price for Singapore as a nation, you know, as yeah. and for Singaporeans, I guess. Yeah, I think I'd agree with Karam, you know, yeah. the significance, just the very significance that the meeting took place itself. That's right. Is, you know, momentous. Okay. I think that's a good place to stop. And uh, when they, the two of them, if they actually meet here, I will invite both of you back again to discuss what they talked about. Uh, Thanks a lot, Zach. Thanks, Karam. Thanks, Jeremy. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. That brings this episode to an end. And do look out for the next episode of Why It Matters on The Straits Times, where we also have other podcasts on various topics.